Welcome to our podcast, Badeda IP Experts. In this episode, our IP experts, Dr. Jan Büsing and Dr. Volkmar Henke, discuss what to bear in mind when making joint inventions. Welcome to today's IP Insights, which are presented by Jan Büsing, my colleague, and by myself, Volkmar Henke. Today, we are talking about jointly made and particularly jointly owned inventions. While collaborations between different companies are more and more common, it is astonishing that jointly owned patents lead to a bundle of legal issues and questions which are still unresolved and not taught in the textbooks, a playing field for us practitioners. Jan, you are one of these practitioners and you are regularly advising our clients in this field. Could you please give us a brief overview of the cases which are on your table? Yes, of course. So the good case is when both parties are aware of what they're doing. If they put together their respective knowledge and capacities on purpose and with a specific aim. For instance, we regularly advise clients on publicly funded R&D projects with clearly defined work packages where it is known beforehand if and where joint inventions may be created. In these cases, the parties are in a position to define their future interests in the projected invention, to predict potential conflicts, and finally to write this down in an agreement. In such a contract, the parties can particularly define their respective exploitation rights. Are the parties allowed to sell the invention? And if so, can they even sell it to competitors? Who is allowed to use the invention? And does the active owner have to compensate the other co-owners? These are typical questions that arise during negotiations of R&D agreements. And in most cases, they can be answered to the benefit of both parties in view of their respective market position and specific interests. A second group of cases are those in which the joint ownership occurs unintentionally, be it among friends on the occasion of a different collaboration, or be it that part of the invention is stolen and then further developed by the thief. In the past, an important example for the second group took its origin in the German Act for Employee Inventions. If the employer did not manage to correctly transfer the invention from the inventor to the company, the inventor was still co-owner and um, in many cases also together with its employer. The origin of many disputes. Which cases do you like most, Jan? Personally, I like the first group. When drafting an R&D agreement, you are creating a small piece of law. You can weigh the different interests and you can literally bring the parties together. The second group, in contrast, can lead to awful conflicts, right, Volkmar? Indeed. Joint ownership of patents can lead to heavy disputes. Let's take the classical example of the automotive industry and imagine a car maker and a supplier having invented a new product, which then turns out to be successful on the market. And the question now is, is the car maker entitled to source the device from other suppliers? And vice versa, is the supplier entitled to sell the device, which it has itself invented, to other car makers? Even these fundamental questions are not clearly solved in our existing law. Yeah, I always find it astonishing that these very simple questions are not easy to answer. Yeah, the reason is conceptually um, that our patent law is silent in this regard. It just simply 
reverts us to the general civil law, which does not differentiate between sailing boats, apple trees and patents. And what is appropriate for apple trees and uh, sailing boats may not be appropriate for patent owners. Right. So in 2005, the Federal Court of Justice issued a very important decision that answered at least some of these questions. If only one first co-owner is practicing the invention, the other second co-owner does not automatically receive a remuneration. So the second co-owner cannot lean back and do nothing and uh, request a compensation, but must engage with the first owner and request a broad exploitation agreement. As part of such an agreement, one could define that the second co-owner is not even allowed to use the invention, but in turn receives a compensation. In my understanding, this decision was received very well. Indeed, it was really a good um, decision. Unfortunately, it has left many questions open and the disputes continued. For instance, it is still not clear if the joint owners can sell their shares in the patents to others, to third persons. According to the existing statutory law, that should be possible. But remember, that does not differentiate between apple trees and sailing boats and patents. So most patent practitioners have the feeling that assigning transferring shares and patents to a third person should not be possible because normally patents are a guarantee for the investment for the patent owner who can be sure that he has the monopoly of 20 years. And if now the patent owner cannot be assured against incoming other co-owners, um, the patent loses this guarantee function. Also, only in 2019, the Federal Court of Justice has decided that um, individual co-owners can grant licenses, but only under the condition that the other co-owners can participate in the financial royalties that the licensee will pay. All in all, I would say that the mere fact of co-ownership reduces the value of patents considerably, unless the parties can agree on a consistent exploitation channel, meaning a way in which the patent can be exploited and the partners are not competing against each other. So there's still quite some risk. And uh, for our clients, I think it's very important uh, to invest some energy and diligence in these R&D agreements. Indeed. But there's at least um, one good message. All issues which can be disputed between the parties during the exploitation phase can be stipulated between them in an agreement. In so far, the weakness of our statutory law is also its strength. In fact, it sounds quite easy. Before you start the development and before the invention is made, sit down with your partner and answer the following questions. Who does the prosecution? Who will use the invention in its own um, industry? Who will be able to license? Which restrictions um, will you apply to selling the, your shares and other questions? If you envisage um, the exploitation of your invention, you know what you have to stipulate in the agreement. And that's why I'm such a fan of this early uh, stage of collaboration. Exactly. You have the full freedom here. And this is also maybe the take-home message for our clients. If you are aware um, that a future patent would occur, um, sit down with your partner, 
talk about the points and define who does what according to the interests. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Badeda IP Experts. For updates on German and European patent law, please subscribe to our newsletter. You can find the link in the show notes.